Welcome to Leader Spotlight. On this podcast, we bring you the stories of leaders, their personal journeys, and we put a spotlight on the inspiring things they are doing in their organizations. Hello, I'm Annette Klazowski, your host. I'm an executive coach, a speaker, and a peer advisory board leader in all things dogs. In all things dogs. Yes, especially Ruthie. All things Ruthie. That's what I doodle. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually Addie's dog. Yes. My co-host, Addie. Hello. But, <laughs> Surprise, um, I'm here. She's kind of my dog mm-hmm. at the office. Annette has stolen her from me. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. Yes. Yeah. I Everybody at the office loves her. She's getting fat off of treats. Yes. So it's great. <laughs> well, and today... We have a great episode. We do. We are talking with Shannon Rich. She is president and CEO of the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. So that in itself is incredible. Is, is incredible. She is also the founder of Lead Her, H-E-R, board. It's an organization that raises the profile of professional women, and it makes it easy to do business with women-owned businesses. And she just had the idea, was um, inspired by her daughter, and um, then she is doing that in her spare time. Yeah. Right. She also went to an executive women's program at Cornell University, connected with women there, and is one of the co-founders of We Women Lead. Um, she's an advocate for women. Uh, she elevates anything she touches or anything she engages in. So I am really excited um, that we get to have her in. The Oklahoma Hall of Fame is just a few days out, maybe a week and a half out. So for her to take the time out uh, to be on the show, it tells you what kind of person she is. Yes, it's exciting. I think that she has 48 hour days while everybody yeah. else has about, you know, like a 24, but really more like a yeah. 12 or 16 she, hour day. Yeah. She has 48 hours. She maximizes hours days. her time. 100%. Yeah. She's incredible. I'm excited to have her. It's going to be great. I know. And how are you doing, Miss Addison Price? I'm great. I'm just dandy. I'm hanging out there and uh, we wrapped up Think Tank, which was one of our big events here at Future Point of View. And so ever since that, I feel like now I'm on the marketing grind until the holidays. So, And you got a big promotion? I got a big promotion. I am now demand generation and brand manager here at Future Point of View, yes. which is super exciting. And thanks. I know. I love that. <laughs> great. I love that. Yes. And um, yeah, I know. It's going to be Christmas before you know it. I know. We're almost, I had this great idea the other day that maybe what we should do as gifts for everybody, um, for all of our clients, we should get Hollandaise sauce and say happy Hollandaise. So if anybody um, needs an idea for the Christmas spirit, you can use that. You're welcome. Yeah. That's Six, your free marketing advice. Cents, you can buy one of those packets. See? Yes, budget friendly. How about that? <laughs> We're all bouncing back from COVID. So there you go. And then also don't forget, we are starting the Get Quoted series. So I know you always put out um, things so that people can uh, answer questions we have and get quoted because we have a newsletter. We also have... Um, people we bring on the spot on the podcast. And so is there anything for them to do for that? Yes. Specifically? Yes. Please email me Addison at FPOV.com and you will be able to be featured in our Get Quoted series. Also make sure to follow Leader Spotlight, all one word, on Instagram for more information about our Get Quoted series. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to talk to you. And there's one thing that I know about you um, since I've met you is you are an advocate for really anybody that crosses your path, but women, and then anything you touch, 
put your um, hands on, engage, work on, just elevate. So I love that about you. And I know that uh, when I talk with people, what people really love about this podcast is they really want to know kind of what makes people thrive and drive and what's their story kind of behind the scenes. So I want to start with when we first met, I don't know if you remember this, you were in sales um, at a hotel. Like that's how there's been a long, long time ago before you went to the Hall of Fame, actually, I think. So kind of walk us through a little bit of your career journey. What did you set out to do and kind of how did the turns and paths um, cross for you? Wow. Back in the day, we are, we're older than we want to say, aren't we? Yeah. Don't do the math. Um, (laughs) You know, I, uh, I am a native fifth generation Oklahoman and I grew up in Yukon, America, and I am a graduate, proud graduate of Oklahoma City University. So I was in the hotel business when I was in high school and part of college because it had a flexible job, right? You could work the desk and check people in and out and it seemed easy, but there was a sales lady that came and went and like, she's always coming and going and she had meetings, which now you're like, oh, I have another meeting. But at that time, I thought that was very cool that she had meetings and stuff. So I wanted to know more about that. And um, I ended up going into sales in the hotel business. And I, I don't, um, it's funny. I, I just loved the business model. I loved that there was hospitality. I loved that it elevated our city. Um, so I just ended up falling in love with that industry. And so I worked at the Hilton, which is uh, formerly the Hilton on Northwest Highway, um, and learned from a director of sales that probably was a great mentor to me. She taught me so many things. And I had a general, I had several general managers there, which would give you an indication of kind of the climate, several general managers in my tenure there, but I had two of them teach me what I didn't want to learn, what I didn't want to be, like what you don't want to emulate. And that's almost mm-hmm. sometimes as powerful as those people that teach you things you want to emulate. And so uh, whenever they were opening the downtown hotel, the Renaissance, I had no fear. Now I think back to it, we had a little, you know, 200 room property with 5,000 square feet of meeting space that had big pillars in it. So we had all these barriers. Um, So in my mind, somehow I thought, well, that means you could open a brand new 400 room hotel with 200,000 square feet of convention space. I mean, that felt in my mind, right? Um, And so it was a big stretch, but I got that job and it changed, it definitely changed my trajectory. Having those responsibilities, there's things that happen in a hotel that only happen in a hotel. Um, And I, you just, you can't train for some of those things, but Marriott had a great training program. John Q. Hammonds, the founder of that company was part of my life. We've been on basketball. He was a great influence to me and allowed me to be part of multiple hotel openings. So that was a big, it was a great, great gig. I loved it. Yeah, that's where I first um, met you. And then um, I think you went straight to the Oklahoma Hall of Fame from there, didn't you? Six After six years of being at that hotel and that proper, those hotel, that hotel group, I um, got a call about the Hall of Fame and I did not want the job. And then I just wanted to they told me I was going to meet with Clay Bennett, uh, Jim Ferris. I really wanted to run the Oklahoma City Convention and Visitors Bureau. I had worked so hard to help us sell the building, and I saw so many things that, that weren't being done. I was like, I'm going to run the Convention and Visitors Bureau. And so I met with James Ferris, and he was like, okay, by the way, he called me one day, and I had been with Mr. Hammonds and said, you're going to meet with Clay Bennett tomorrow. And, you know, that meeting is career-altering, right? Like, you can't just not take that meeting. And so I took the meeting, and my goal was just, I, don't, I want to impress Clay. I don't want the job. Like, I just want to not come off feeling like we're, we had, Clay and I had been on the opposite sides of a tax issue um, for the hotel industry, and I just didn't want that to not go well, um, but he mm-hmm. talked me into the job. He really told me how it was 
important for Oklahoma and why our pride, pride in ourselves and telling Oklahoma story through people was important to future generations. And so, um, I mean, I bought it and I was going to run for office. And he said, look, if you do this for four years, get our museum open, you'll have a whole Rolodex statewide leaders who will fund your campaign. And I went, this is good on every level. Like sold. I'm in. <laughs> and, and, then, then the and then politics got so ugly then, which yeah. now I just think laughing now, like what it felt like then it just got so ugly. I didn't have, I didn't have any desire to do that. And I fell in love with our mission. I can't believe I get to do what I do every day. Yeah, you've done, talk a little bit about the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. You've done some just incredible things there. Well, I mean, let's be clear. I have a great team. There's, I did not, I have three people on my staff have master's degree in education and they create programming for our free family fund. They locked down with no notice for the pandemic and put all of our programming that were supposed to happen in person, they put it online. So we were serving you know, tens of thousands of people instead of a few thousand families, we were, we were automatically a resource for teachers, for parents who were at home. And those programs have continued to grow and thrive um, since the pandemic. So I have a great team, but certainly the things that we've done by creating access and by making students have Oklahoma heroes. Like, it's funny to me, my age shows where people come in and go, I didn't know Reba sang. And you're like, <laughs> Auntie, yeah. 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 Um, because they think she's a TV star. Yeah. Right? Don't yeah. Know. yeah. So it's like, oh my God, you were totally gone. And you weren't here in the nineties. You don't know. Like you don't know. So, um, and Shannon Miller, like giving kids these heroes that have done things that, that you don't know, or that you don't think. And in science and arts and politics and all the things Oklahomans have been the first, the best or the only. And so making it cool to be from Oklahoma through our publishing program, through our scholarship program, and of course all the programs at the museum is probably my biggest legacy. I think ever, I will probably ever, I don't know what else it will be other than my family, of course, but I think in my professional career, making making those things happen is something I'm certainly proud of. Yeah, you've done a, a phenomenal job. You're very And very nice somehow, day. somehow, I mean, like, I, there's so many things you do just to elevate other people. And somehow in your spare time, I guess, um, there's a couple of things that you've started. Um, and as you know, I'm a, a, a huge advocate for women, professional women. And so I love that you have started Lead Her Board. So I want to, I, we definitely want to talk about that. And then out of a Cornell University group, I believe you yeah. started um, another entity. So I'd love to talk about that. Walk us through how these things came about and what was the passion that pushed you to because a lot of people have great ideas. You know, a lot of people talk about things and have great ideas and few of them really put those things in motion. So talk a little bit about both of those initiatives. Well, I, I love talking about those. You know, and if you look at uh, you and I in this this length of our career, and then you look at Addison right in the corner. So that's <laughs> that's what happens, right? As you think about the future and you think about how what's going to happen whenever we're not here. And leaderboard started because I had a five-year-old who got a dental Barbie and she loved it. And not only did she love it, you'll appreciate this. And she was like, I wonder if we could do something different in the waiting room. Or I wonder if we could do something where people were, didn't have as, uh, they weren't bored or they could do that. And I'm like, oh, she gets the business model. Like, oh my yeah. God, this is interesting. Like, she's not going to be the dentist. She's going to run the whole thing. And yeah. so I went online because it seemed smart at the time to have your five-year-old, like how much it's going to cost for dental school. In my mind, that, that tracked. Um, and then the second article I clicked on was that women dentists make 50% less per hour in chair time than men. And I was like, what? And then the next article was that only 24% of female attorneys make partner. And when they make partner, they make like 79 cents on the dollar. And I'm like, wait, partner is equity share, which means you're, e I mm -hmm. do not get it. And I have been fortunate 
in my career that I've generally made more money than my spouse or more money I've made. I feel like I've been compensated fairly um, and competitively because I've been in sales and those are all things that, you know, there's not a, there's not a cap. Um, and so it didn't occur to me to think about that. And so to those who much is given, much is expected. And I just thought about a world for Mia. And I'm like, I don't want her jumping hurdles that I had to jump or that other people had to jump. And so it just made me do a deeper dive into, I'm going to go get a woman dentist. Like this is, I'm part of the problem. When I got divorced, my ex-husband handed me a list of our providers. And in fairness, I deferred in my first marriage. And he was a CPA and he was, he's nice guy, super smart. But I just was like, I'm running this $40 million hotel. And I'm, you know, I've got a balance sheet that has all these assets and I'm doing all this, but I'm not going to worry about these other things. And that was not, those, that wasn't a great choice. Right. And so mm-hmm. I got this list of providers and didn't think much more about it. So I went to find a woman dentist and it's not as easy as you think to just say, I want a woman dentist. I online women dentist in the dental association or the bar association or the CPA society. And I get why can't say here are our African-American women attorneys. They're a membership-driven organization. I get that. Mm-hmm. But people now, 91% of women will do business with a woman if they can find one, right? They will go mm-hmm. out of their way to do it. 80% of consumers after George Floyd and Me Too say, I want to know who I'm doing business with. Who are your board of directors? Who are your lead- Who is in your leadership? Um, and is there a woman? Are there minorities? Am I represented? And so it's just harder than you think to go find that. So we just, I just thought I'm going to, I'm going to create an online tool to make that happen. And that's how leaderboard was born was if you want to find a woman CPA, if you want to, in your area, you want to find these resources. We just tried to jump the hurdle to make it happen mm-hmm. and put it all in place so that you're not going to, I want a CPA. I'm going to go here. It's like, if you want a woman in any of these providers, or there are women, you want a woman owned catering company or a woman owned roofer company, we're going to, here they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I do. You know, I run the peer advisory groups and just finding women leaders um, that, you know, that are in the executive suite. I mean, just finding the representation. Um, right. I mean, we've come a long way from when I started, but still it's, we have a long way to go. <laughs> we've come a long way, but it's just, but I've been in rooms. And so have you, where people say, oh, we really wanted to find an architect that was when we just couldn't find one. And in my yeah. mind, I, I you know, I've, as I've gotten older, I'm okay with pushing back. But now I'm like, really? No woman architect, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like I know a couple. I, I probably <laughs> could have helped if you'd asked. Or, you know, I really, we tried to find a, an attorney that was a woman that had that resource, had that skill set. And you're like, because it's yeah. uncomfortable, right? And I get it. So um, I think that we, boards are now trying to find women, like you're talking about in C-suite, who can come serve on their board so that they're compliant. And I think people are wanting to do the right thing, but it's hard because we are at a tipping point where, how does it sound if you want women that they are alienating men in their office? Because like, oh, so I'm not going to get that job because you want a woman. It's kind of where yeah. we are. So how do we, yeah. how do we check all the boxes and make it easy? And I think those are all resources that we provide on the website also, talking points and, yeah. and information. Well, I think too, there's women that they don't want to be the back, the box checked. You know, they don't want to be offered that yep. seat or that position because they're a woman. And right. it's, you know, and then I kind of believe like we've got to start somewhere. You know, we need somebody to enter the game <laughs> that, right. that really kind of open up the doors. Right. That is the catch 22, right? That yeah. is the hard part is you don't want to be a token, but you also know that the, the representation matters. So how do we get through those? Um, this has been an issue with affirmative action and making sure that racial diversity exists and it's it's moved the needle. And so we are in Nobody wants to be the woman. That's the token. And in fact, I've made it clear to people, like, I'm not, if you don't want me to ask questions, like I'm probably not your person. Like I'm, it's a, let's just, let's find you somebody. Cause I think it is important to have a woman. Um, but I, but 
I, I want to be there because you think I'm going to contribute. Otherwise, yeah. let's let's find a, let's find somebody else who can be in that seat. It's yeah. amazing too because right now, like one of my very best friends, her and I both just recently graduated within the last two years, and entering into the workforce, finding your job, finding your footing, being able to have bosses that are women um, is so incredible. And her and I are both so lucky that she is in an interior design and architect major. And then going and looking for a position and being able to find a place that valued who she was and also who she is as you know a young adult entering into the workforce but also as a woman entering into the workforce I think it is kind of like you said that catch-22 of it can be hard to find both and it's one of those things where on paper my resume might have absolutely every box that you need to check for a position but finding the person that's going to truly value all of that and value it in the body and the form that I come in um, is just so amazing and for her and I both to be in two different career fields now that both honor and respect the fact that we are highly driven and highly accomplished women is so so cool and to be able to have a resource that just acknowledges the different the different areas and stages that you can be in as a woman and developing your career is so so cool I just love everything you said I just I I know I I mean I just the articulation the ability for you guys to understand that because I just don't think it was an option I think I got out of college I just want a job I'm be fortunate to get a job I'm not Mm -hmm. really sure my my opinions matter I'm going to hold the spot I'm going to do something but Certainly those were different times. And so to hear you acknowledge and know your value, know mm-hmm. that there is value in whatever form you have and the skills that you represent and, and um, the, you know, the gender you represent, all the things mm-hmm. like that just, that makes, that gives me warm fuzzies. Like that just means that like for me and my tenure, like there will hopefully be a day where it doesn't matter. It will no longer say, what does Cheryl Sandberg say? There will no longer, it will no longer say the first woman engineer. Yeah, be, right. This is yeah. the new engineer. Of. This will right. be the, yeah. like, that's what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm excited for that day. Yeah. It's yeah. cool to see just kind of all the different work and having people. I mean, my mom, she's the executive director of a nonprofit organization. And so I think growing up, just having different women leaders in your life. And that's, what's cool even about doing this podcast is being able to shine a light on different women leaders um, and leaders from all over, but especially women leaders. It's just so cool to be able to see and kind of develop a network to, for me at a young age, um, but see a network just of powerful, strong women leaders is so great. Well, and the thing Addie's not telling you is she was Miss Oklahoma for a couple of years. So (laughs) she, you know, gets that because she's mentored younger kids. I don't know how many kids across the state that you probably um, were able to engage with and really inspire, but I love seeing that, you know, in a young woman coming up because I know that she will always continue to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, as she moves through her career. Absolutely. Jane Giroux is on my board and on the Hall of Fame board. And she's a member of the Oklahoma Hall of Fame and she's yeah. an OCU grad. I went to the business school. Sorry. I have no other skills to sit there. Um, <laughs> I'm not, they're like, oh, did you go to performing arts? I'm like, no, I, actually I was, yeah. invited, I was invited not to go into those hallways. Um, but she is somebody who I think has carried that mantle for so long and yeah. continues it and with great pride. And and it is, um, and there's femininity and there's strength and there's all the things with that. So good. Congratulations, Addison. You did bury that. Well, one. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And you want to talk about the epitome of just what Miss America should be. It is Jane Giroux fully. Yeah, I, I mean, she's incredible. Commercial, but yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. From Laverne, Oklahoma. From Laverne. Yes. My 1967 is when she was Miss America. Yeah. Big fan. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. She's awesome. 
Okay, so then somewhere along the line, you had time to go to Cornell University. And so talk a little <laughs> bit about that. I think it was an exec women's executive leadership program. And then I'm guessing there's just a lot of women you connected with. And you, uh, several of you started a We Women Lead. So talk about that initiative, because that, I love this too. Yeah, I think... I think it was an incredible time. It was, you know, right after the pandemic and everybody was in kind of that what's going to happen next thing. And I, Leaderboard had launched and it had launched in the middle of the ice storm of forever and the January 6th thing where they took down all my vote. I took down everything. So it did not have a strong launch. And so I was kind of wondering how it was going to work. And, um, and so I thought I need to get some credentials. I need to work on making sure that I'm able to speak on this intelligently. So I went online and tried to find some programs and Cornell had one with, with executive women. And so fortunately for me, um, these women are from all over the world. And, and, and Dr. Streeter, Deborah Streeter was our professor. And we had great engagement and great um, classes and really learned about um, the double bind and things that are real and how to overcome it. So it wasn't just information and data. It was resources to this is what's going to this is how you overcome that and this is what you do and you work together and those kind of things and so eight of us got together after the class and said well now like this is a bummer because we're done like what are we like that's what now and so we agreed to stay in contact and um, we started having regular zoom calls and then we were like we need to like what if we create some kind of education around this experience and so that's what's happened is these eight women from across the country from coast to coast and in canada decided that we wanted to, so we've raised money for Rubicon and had women, uh, former, had women veterans um, come talk about what that organization does. We've had some internal discussion about race um, because we're not a super diverse group. While there is some um, different representation, it's still pretty much a group of, of um, higher, higher educated white women. So how do we, how do we speak to that from the, from the level of, of privilege and, and not knowing um, and so we're, we're working on what our next steps are, but I think that network of women has just been incredible to get to know and, and help each other as we move on through different parts of our life. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So if you look back, just kind of your career, what, what is, um, what are the lessons that you had that maybe were tough, but really kind of helped mold you? Cause I think sometimes door closes or you fail and you make that mean something instead of just, you know, I got to get up one more time, then I'm knocked down. So when you look back, what are some of those things that maybe stretched you, you know, weren't what you thought they should have been, but they really seemed to mold um, the direction you were going? You know, I think having people in your life that you can ask questions to that you're not embarrassed that you can. And um, I think early in my career, I didn't ask questions. I, I didn't want to feel like I didn't know. I didn't want to appear that I wasn't what I, you know, all the smoke and mirrors. I didn't want to appear that there, that it wasn't there. But I think as I grew in my career, definitely finding those resources and those sounding boards to me were super important. And I, I do believe in stretching yourself, really looking at a balance sheet and struggling with the PL and really not understanding what all those lines meant. And literally, I remember walking one time to um, my boss, my general manager, and just saying, I need to understand why this is different every time. I need to understand why this, why this moves. And he goes, oh, okay, well, this is why I'm like, oh, so that's why, because, okay, so the allocation is there. Okay. Like it, but I, but I sat on that for years until mm -hmm. I had somebody that I felt like I could trust. 
Um, I will tell you one thing I learned was I lost a piece of business because I didn't golf. Um, when I was in the hotel business, I had, was always driving the beer cart, right? Like, mm -hmm. like girls do. And I met one of my potential clients and said, Hey, I'm looking forward to our lunch tomorrow because I have the contract or the proposal ready. And he said, Oh, I just signed with the Western. So, Hey, Tom and I've been together on the golf course all day. And I was like, but you haven't even seen my, you haven't even mm -hmm. seen what we're going to do. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to go um, take swing. I signed up with Steve Ball, bought some clubs and became started golfing. So I don't know that I, I'm not saying everybody has to go out and golf, but don't limit yourself. Don't find, don't find reasons not to do things because this is what everybody said that women did at that time. There weren't really a lot of women golfers um, and they're still not, but I enjoy the sport now. I actually end up liking the sport and getting to spend time with my nephews or my husband. And, but I think those are interesting things that I, I allowed myself to be in those boxes at times um, mm -hmm. not to do. So I think those are, I think inspect what you expect. That's always it though. Take somebody's word for it. Make sure if you're going to put something out with your name on it, that you've seen it, touched it, feel it, know what it is. Well, I think even being aware of what limitations or box we just put ourselves in without really questioning, you know, because especially if you're driven, you're, you're just going and right. you don't really stop to say, wait a minute, you know, why, why am I not pushing back on that? Or why am I not stepping forward or, you know, why, why, you know, are these things happening on our golf course? I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot with women executives that, you know, they'll be um, having, getting ready for a board meeting at their company and they go to the board meeting and then all this conversation happened and, you know, they're part of the executive team, but they weren't on the golf course. And no, they so, were at the spa day, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. the, menu, the menu is here, women, you can go to shopping in town and we'll have a bus. Pick. Like, it's not that they're being just like, they're not providing us something, but it's like, I don't want to, what if I want to do the off-roading trip in Colorado? Like, what if, mm -hmm, yeah. don't, don't assume that I want to go to the spot. Now, I love a good spa, but mm -hmm. I want to play, if I'm going to play golf, I want to play golf. But those, that's, hopefully that's going to change, but you're exactly right. The women that you are with, I'm sure they get the menu, right? That I get. Yeah, yeah. These are your options. Well, one, one person you would know um, that was in leadership at a um, energy company you know, they would get entertained by all of their um, uh, financial, you know, their banks and financial planners and all of that in Vegas. And that's exactly what would happen. They would have already set up the spa appointments, but, you know, all the key people were on the golf course. Right. And she was like, I'll golf. I mean, I don't have to hit every ball, but I'm going to be in the golf cart. <laughs> I'm well, going to be in the golf cart. And everybody here is, you know, going to know that I was out at least on the golf course. So, uh, but yeah, I think that happens a lot. I do think that happens a it does. lot. It's, and it's, it's funny because again, even if you're not comfortable in golf is just an example of it, but decisions, I used to think that was a big joke or some big men's thing. It's really, when you're with, when you're with somebody on the golf course, you never get three hour, four hours with anybody. Now think no. about going, trying to make an appointment with somebody and in three or four hours, you know, where their kids go to school, you know, what their biggest struggle was in college, you know, that their wife and just got back together. Like, you know, all the things because you're in a cart for four hours having a club special. And so the guards are down and it's real. Those are real connections. You've find those ways to make those. Um, and don't, don't let somebody, that's the thing that stopped for me that day when I lost business, I was like, no, that's like, yeah. Well, cause it's not about golf or the spa. No. It's about maximizing and building the relationships. And so right. 
you have to go where the relationships are. You know, Absolutely. we join the the civic community groups that have the organ the people in that we want to, you know, whether that's a chamber or if you join the rotary, whatever it is in your area, you you choose those. But then, yeah, you know, we think, well, we can't choose the other things. So it's funny, too, just that this is even brought up because whenever I was in college, I had a professor and I loved her so, so much. She was awesome. And she was my sales professor. Her and I got really close, but I started to ask her for some mentorship and she was like, absolutely. You know, I'd love to sit and talk with you. She was like, um, you know, why don't we pull in? There's this guy from a company that had just spoken to our class and I was just blown away with everything his company was doing. And so she said, well, I'll ask him to join us. And she said, why don't we go and play around a golf and we can all hang out on the golf course and be able to talk. And immediately I was like, well, I don't play golf. I don't want to go out on the golf course. This seems yeah. terrifying to put myself in a position where one, I'm with two professionals that I respect, but also then, you know, being terrible at golf, that sounds awful. And I said, you know, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I'm happy to do that, whatever. And I didn't really argue with her. And I immediately went back to my house that was in Stillwater and I called my dad and I was like, I have to meet you on the golf course. So I was like, I uh, immediately, I'm like, I don't, I know that I shouldn't even make an excuse for a reason. I can't be there. I'm just going to have to learn. And yeah. so immediately we bought me like, just, you know, a little dinky set of clubs that wasn't right. anything crazy, but just enough to, you know, allow me to hit the ball forward. And I was like, I just need to practice enough to where I can get the ball to go forward. And I can, right. I can hang with the best of them at that point, <laughs> but it wasn't, it was a great experience because it was a perfect way to show me that you can get a lot more out of something or out of somebody to be able to have that time. And a lot of times too, we just did a whole podcast episode um, about kind of realigning your purpose and your passion, but being able to just say yes to things and not put a wall in front of yourself first of saying, well, I can't golf, so I'm not going to, but right. just saying yes to different things. And it was a perfect example of that. And I promise you, unless they're golfing really regularly, nobody's great at golf. People, It's play too golf. hard to be good at, really. <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're playing regularly and those people exist, yeah. you know, they're not going to, and if she asks you to do that, she knows that it's a conversation game, right? Like it's not mm -hmm. about, I think we all put it in our head that we don't, especially as women, well, if I can't do it right, then I'm not going to do it. If I can't win, I'm not going to yeah. do it. And I think that's, that's just not, that's not, that's not what that's about. Hats off yeah. to you for not saying, <laughs> saying that your dad probably was like, finally. I yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He was way too excited. He thought it was a him thing. He was so excited. Let, yeah. it, let it be, let it be. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It was a good bonding time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what advice would you give to somebody? I hear this a lot too, Shannon, just, you know, somebody that kind of in the middle of their career, and, um, you know, we've been through kind of a, you know, a, a, an epidemic, which I think people are really questioning, what am I doing? Is this really what I'm meant to do? Like, what's your advice to somebody that just kind of not motivated, not engaged, they just aren't really, they don't have that fire lit under them. What would your advice be to them? Um, I think we're all there. I think we're all, like I said, I love our mission. I love what we do. I think the reality is, is that things are different now. So you start thinking about what, what am, when I'm not with my family or the ones I love, what am I doing? Um, and I, I think the only advice I could even give in those moments are typically whenever I have not wanted to get up and go to work, I haven't been in the right place. If I have not wanted to, I mean, everybody has those days. Don't get me wrong. There are days when you're like, Ugh. ultimately, if there's, if you're not, if you're not feeling that way, then you got to find something that makes, makes you happy. I think that's what we've all learned is none of us are promised tomorrow. And if, if you've got a finite period of time in this world, um, what do you want to be known for? And I, I did, that's why I started, I started leaderboard really for, for me. I was like, I just want to look her in the eye at some point and go, I did something. I quit talking about it and tried to find a way to make it easy to do business with women. That's that's really what was important to me. 
Um, and I think if, if that's finding, teaching kids to play tennis, then that's important to you. Find a way to make that, make money and go teach kids to play tennis or whatever it is that is, that you're passionate about, you know, find a way to do it because that's what's going to make you get up every day. And ultimately people always say, it's always funny when you hear millionaires and billionaires say, you'll never work a day in your life. If you find your passion, don't worry about money. It's easy to say that, or it's, you, you think it's distorted when you hear it from them, right? Because you're like, well, of course you don't worry about money, Oprah. Cause yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks for that advice. Um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, that's great. Mm -hmm. You're in a different world, but the reality is what we've all learned during COVID too, is you just don't need as much, right? Like you look around yeah. and like, I have McKinsey trials. Like I was always buying this. I'm like, what am I going to do with this at some point? Like what, why do I need more? What do I need more of? What do I need less of? And how could I live with less? Mm -hmm. um, because I sure did. I did it for 18 months. You know, we all did. When yeah. I didn't go out. We didn't do anything. So what do you need? And then can you make that work while you make your passion monetize, you know, and then find those people. I, there are five or six women in my life that I don't make a move without hardly. And it's um, just because they are, they are the honest people who will give you the mirror and go, no, <laughs> no mm -hmm. don't do that. Um, that's not a good plan. That sounds good, but I don't think you should do that. But they're, they're also the ones that will say, this is, if this is it, this is it. Like uh, we're all in. How can we help you? What are we going to do? How can we move the needle for you? Um, find those yeah. people that give you those honest, and I, it, you can't be stopped if you have that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we always ask people on our um, podcast, like, mm -hmm. who are your four? Like, who who are those people? Because you can usually predict somebody's success just by who they have around them. So who are some of those people that have been kind of around you that um, I know you talked about the the hotel, the um, Mr. Hammonds. You know, yeah, Mr. Hammonds. And who are some of those people that have been kind of there for you? Uh, through the evolution of my career, they've been different type. There've been different people, but certainly, you know, Mr. Hammonds was important to me. Um, you know, I had a, John Pasley was a great general manager for me that, that was awesome to me. But I think some of the other people that, that names that you might know, like, you know, Kathy Keating, um, was uh, the former first lady and also ran for Congress and just has continued to, to work for the community. And she has been somebody that can give you the honest feedback, but also tell you, um, the things that, that you need to go to that next level. Um, I, you know, Barb, she's now the executive director of the chamber in Claremore and, you know, Barbie Myers, um, she was, uh, and Kathy Stapp, but certainly was, was a good, is a good friend. Just people that have been, um, you know, great. I, you know, again, Clay Bennett has been a resource, and I don't. I, I certainly had a perception of him before I worked at the museum and the Hall of Fame. But, you know, he came in and looked at every video we put out. He watched. He walked every night that we had our opening dinner. He sat in every chair. Every donor was going to sit in, so because so there wouldn't be a bad chair. I mean, there are people that dig in, and and that was not only for our success as an organization because he knew those were going to be calls I would have to make later and make sure that we can continue with those donations and continue with that support. And so um, details matter in that regard. But uh, there are, you know, Cindy Bat for sure in my life, Tracy Cook, there are just those handful of women that um, Lauren Workington, who is the founder of William and Lauren, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a handful of women in my life that, that give me Bailey Gordon, that give me the, the straight and honest talk. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that I um, have watched over the years, and it's Mia, you know, it's you with Mia, and when you watch um, a little girl who, you know, is like so many other little girls, and then at some point, she just took a turn where you could tell, you know, your your influence has created, you know, 
something in this little girl that's way different than, you know, a lot of little girls. And it, that is really cool to see um, because, you know, I mean, as moms were busy, you know, you try your best, but, but you have been so intentional. I know um, with her and that just has been really cool to see. And in just a little videos, you could tell, you should yeah. put this together because you would just see why, you know, actions matter and, and why, you know, they are watching. I mean, they're watching. That's just been really cool to watch her. Yeah. You're, thank you for saying that she is the best part of every day. You know, she's about to be a teenager soon. So that's, that may, that's going to be interesting. Um, because she already has so many opinions, like you're 10, you know, and she she says all these things and you're like, wow. Okay. Um, I, I didn't, I thought I had more time before we talked about that or before dreamed <laughs> <laughs> it that way. Um, but you know, she, her mom is the city planner of Bentonville and, you know, obviously I have, um, a position where she knows I make decisions. So I think she's got two women in her life that are very strong and she understands. And, and I have to give her dad credit because, you know, in our home by necessity, if we waited on me to cook meals, that would not be, that's not, that's not going to go very well generally speaking, every night. Um, and we're not waiting on me just to load the dishwasher. So in Mia's world, what she sees is we have family coming over today. Dad's going to vacuum. Shannon's going to cook. This is what's going to happen. But tomorrow, it may be that dad's doing the laundry. Like there aren't, there aren't um, those norms that existed. Like when I was growing up, my mom cooked all day, Thanksgiving meal. And my dad and brother, like they watched TV. Like that's how that went down. And nobody was in there helping clean. And I'm not saying they're bad. It's not, that's just what happened. That is, yeah. that is the reality. That is not what Mia sees. That is not. So, so there will be hopefully a world where she sees things differently, but she has opinions when she sees things. Um, yeah. But she is awesome. She is. Um, I'm, I feel fortunate to get to be part of her parent structure. Well, it's been really cool, but I think it also just is a great example of why mentoring, you know, why elevating, um, you know, there's so many things that you do for other women that, you know, unless you put it all together and somebody would see, because, you know, my business partner, Benny, uh, Bonnie Hageman, who wrote oh, yeah. the book, um, you know, you had a book signing for her of and, and I'm just like, you know, and Bonnie, because she offered to do that. And I was like, of course she did. <laughs> of course she did. So there's just so many things that you do. And, um, I think, you know, if, if our listeners hear anything, it's like, take the time invest the time, you know, help elevate people because I really feel like that just gets um, everybody turned going in the right current, you know, it's just swimming upstream, I felt. And I mean, think about that in every aspect of life. Wouldn't the world be different today if instead of we focused on our differences, if we found ways that, and it may not be in every single situation that you feel led to help somebody, but if you know somebody is has written a book and she's an Oklahoma author and you want like I'm all you why wouldn't we want to celebrate that and make that um something and to help get women on boards and to help an Oklahoma author and why wouldn't we do that? You know, and there's there's so many things every single day. We've gotten so divisive and mm -hmm. it's painful, but there we have so much more in common, right? Than we mm -hmm. ever don't have. And I think we'd be a lot farther if we could figure out, you know, today what's I remember one of my friends, um, uh, my professor who I love, Gwen Lippert. She got remarried to Rick Lippert um, later in life. And they talk about that. I'm like, what do you, what do you attribute this like love thing that y'all are in? It's gross. Like y'all been married now 10 years. Like, you have this, <laughs> this sappy thing. And like every day, how can I make your day better? How can I make mm -hmm. your day better? Like if we did that to our friends, like I said, Cindy Bat, my friends, Lauren, they're all like, what can I do to help? When my mm -hmm. website wouldn't go up. I had technical issues with my website. In the beginning, we're in lockdown and Lauren literally, and that's the good thing about having friends that are 20 years younger than you too. 
She's like, I'm coming over right now. We're going to fix your website. Like we're, I don't care how late we're up. We're going to fix your website. And that's what happened is yeah. who, who does that? Who comes over at nine o'clock at night till midnight to fix your website? Like yeah. that's what, that's what people do. Well, and it's, it's because you're sowing those seeds too. I mean, you're, you're giving and, you know, it's, it's like, that's what will come around and what people will reap, but it's like, you know, you've got to get, you have to take the first step of giving and reaching out. And sure. um, that is really, I mean, if people go to on online, they're going to read all kinds of testimonials about that's exactly how people experience you. And oh, you're so, nice. Well, <laughs> well, thank you so much. Is yes. that people want to connect with you? What's the best way? Um, the leadherboard.com. If you want to know more about that organization or book me to speak or talk about any of those issues, it's the lead her board. Like there's a her in there, leadherboard.com. Um, and I did that because again, in the original, when you went, I was watching golf and if you want to know who's ahead, if you want to know who the top five are, if you want to, it's like you go to the leaderboard, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's how that came about. Um, or you can find me at the, um, at oklahomahof.com. And that's where my day job is. And you can learn all about the museum and our mission and what we do. All awesome. right. Well, thank you, thank so, you much. So, so much. Thank you guys. It's great meeting you both. Yeah. yeah. Aren't you not meeting you. you in that? I've known you I, forever. I, <laughs> I know. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. Thank you for taking time to do this. Really, really appreciate it. The Leader Spotlight podcast and blog is dedicated to continual learning and thought partnerships that help us all grow as leaders. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, email addison at fpov.com. You can also visit our blog, medium.com slash leader spotlight for more great content.